0: Good morning, church. We continue to worship. I'm sorry. My name is Preston Hill. I'm a covenant partner here with my wife, Stephanie, here at First Prez. Uh, we continue to worship by celebrating God's plan for God's people. Beginning with Abraham, God chose his people as the primary vehicle to share his blessing with the world. God's grace gives us ground to turn to the Lord to be filled with his blessing in order for us to be filled to overflowing, stewarding the blessing of salvation and abundant life for the glory of Jesus in all life please join me in the reading of Genesis 12 verses 1 through 3 hear the word of the lord the lord said to abraham go from your country your people and your father's household to the land i will show you i will make you into a great nation and i will bless you i will make your name great and you will be a blessing i will bless those who bless you and curse those who cur- who I- and curse and whoever curses you I will curse and all peoples on earth will be a blessing through you now please join me in in the call and response printed on your screens all flesh is grass and all its beauty is like the flower of the field the grass withers the flower fades but the word of our God endures forever
1: thank you Preston
0: appreciate it brother
1: Uh, keep your Bibles open if you got them if you don't uh, feel free to use your phone. We're going to study the word and uh, use the word. Uh, the spirit will use the word to give us a little bit of, of a change of perspective today. That's important. Uh, I, I walked out of the house. Uh, I'm a cold wuss, in case you're wondering. I mean, like, I, I cannot take it. Um, so I walked out. I was freezing. Uh, and then right before service, the Hanes told me they got in town last night from a place. They left. It was negative 18 degrees. And then Betsy's parents are going back to a place today. The high is negative 21, right? Yeah. So that's a little perspective. Change, um, and that's what the, uh, the gospel is going to do for us today. Uh, we, we, we get a perspective change. I, I celebrate the reality of our congregation that we're an intergenerational congregation, and that means we have a lot to learn from both older and younger generations. And, and this week I was uh, reading up on, on something about Gen Z uh, just the, the passion that Gen Z has uh, for a purpose. Right? Some of you are laughing, Gen Z, 1997, and 2007, generally people are born there, um, and you're not surprised that a Gen Xer like me is, is, is pointing out the generational differences. Just get over it. It's an opportunity for us, but I was reading an article about how companies can maximize uh, and offices workplaces can maximize the potential of Gen Z this is what they say they say how can we unlock the potential and the strengths of an entire generation by injecting purpose mission and value into the foundation of all of our organizations they use an article that argues explicitly that Gen Z is the most purpose-driven generation in America I'm stimulated by it, I study it, I love it, but I don't agree with it. I think that we can welcome all of our Gen Zers to help us uh, awaken to the reality that all people, all humans are created with a sense of purpose. And so we need that generation to change our perspective, but the truth is all of us have it embedded deep inside of us. We've just allowed our sense of purpose to get reversed. All right, so I'm going to invite you uh, to test yourself with a true-false question. Okay, you ready for this? Okay, I'm going to ask you a question. You tell me if it's true or false, all right? It's always, in, it's always a good thing to include God in your plans. True or false? True. True. Right. All right, everybody says true. The answer's false. We think about purpose wrong. God doesn't want you to include him in your plans. Your purpose is found when your life is included in his plan. God actually has a plan, and when we center our lives on him, then we will find the fullness that our hearts actually hunger for. The the purpose of people will be most profound and more personal when your purposes are God's purpose. When we look for blessing horizontally, when we look for uh, our purpose to be merely in our comfort or our consumption to the perception of being satisfied, then we will realize that we need to watch another season (laughs) or find better food or have a greater experience. We're, We're not really satisfied. But when our our purpose, our life is centered on and, and under the, the mission of God's purposes for us, not only will you be satisfied, but you'll discover God will be glorified. Here's an idea that is central to this message all through Scripture. God in his character, he is love. God in his character, he is good. God in his character, he is faithful. Exactly what we just celebrated in the baptism with little maple. God is right, God is righteous, he's holy, he's just. Everything that comes from him, he wants sent into all the world. And his plan is for, his purpose is for his character to be known by his people and to be shown by our love. Let me give you an example using love, all right? So Jesus teaches in John 17 that he and the Father knew love together since before the foundation of the world. God's love doesn't have a beginning. It doesn't have an ending. It's eternal. It has no point of weakness, right? First John 4 tells us God himself is love. So let's use a famous verse on mission. Help us understand this. For God so loved the world, he, he sent his son, right? When God wanted to show his mission to show love to the world, he sent his son so that all of us could, when we believe, have a representative in love. He lived the life we couldn't live. He died the death we deserved to die so that by faith we can know love personally. But it never stops there. All through the New Testament, especially in places like Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1-2, to two, we are called as dearly loved children, says Paul, to be imitators of God and to walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us. You see, there is this reality that God's character, his love, is shown in his mission in Christ and when it is known by us personally, then we're participants in showing that love to the world. Do you understand the framework? Now love is actually a subset, it's an aspect of blessing that God wants us to know in the lord and to show to the world you understand the kind of framework there and this passage today it's it's a it's a central thread to all of scripture and if you go to places like galatians chapter 3 verse 8 paul quoting this passage says that god preached the gospel in advance okay The good news that knowing God personally and and participating in his work to show God to the world his blessing, as far as the curse is found, is available for all people, all nations, all tribes. Uh, It is accessed by faith alone, but everybody who knows God by faith is called to show God's character and love all over the world. This was most clear to me. I have had such a privilege of being able to travel around the world uh, in different ways. And when we served in Jakarta, Indonesia as missionaries, I was able to go to Papua, to the jungles, a mountainous area, literally an unseen, unknown people group to most of the world, uh, all the world, even the government didn't even know that these people existed when the missionaries, the Crockett's, went there. A former cannibalistic tribe. These two their kids, their two daughters, to reach them. Now, most of us, we have purposes for our families. We want to have a secure place to raise our kids. We want to have steady jobs that provide, and we, we, we want to have a sense of, of comfort and provision so that we can have experiences together, and, and those aren't bad purposes, to center on you know economical economic vocation and safety. Those aren't bad, but those aren't the end. And the Crockett's illustrated to me, they went to this place with their kids. It's really unbelievable. And they learned the language. They spent four years learning the language of the DeBoto people. They formed an alphabet. They wrote the scriptures. They taught these folks how to read, shared the gospel in the language, and now this former cannibalistic tribe has a strong Christian presence. Two decades later, almost all of the scriptures have been translated. I have a a, a portion of that at home. I I forgot to bring it today. Uh, But it is, just keep it on my, my dresser at home just to remind me of the opportunity we have to live for something beyond this world with everything we have in our purposes in our world today. The purpose of God is clear in this passage. Its the first point is to bless Abraham, and through Abraham to bless the nations. Now we're going to walk through this passage really quickly. Abraham's faith is demonstrated in his going, in his leaving. God said to Abraham, "Go, go from your country, go from your family, go from what is familiar." And what is interesting is that the The blessing of God is not unlocked personally or globally until God's people go. Abraham's not going to experience the blessing, much less be a vehicle for the blessing, until he leaves, shows his faith by going, saying goodbye without leaving the comfort, the developed technology uh, and communities of Mesopotamia, Mesopotamia, he wouldn't know it personally or show it globally. God's character, his blessing, and his purpose for him. In our congregation, we're actually praying for people to raise their hands and say yes to go. This summer, we're hoping that uh, five people will go like the Maurer's daughter did last year to places far away where there's no gospel presence to show the love of Jesus and to share it that people would know him. It's not an easy thing to send a child to where we would never go, and it's hard to get a visa because it's not safe. So far, this year, we've got three people that have raised their hand. They're going on midterm trips for months, to explore whether it's uh, God's calling them to do it. We, uh, Lindsay says we've got 4.5 people because the people are wrestling with it, but you can pray with us. But if we don't go from what is comfortable, go from where we find our purpose, we will never know the blessing of God personally and the, the share the, the, the blessing of God globally. Second thing we see is God says, I will make of you a great nation. He says, I'll bless you, and I'll make your name great. There's a real contrast in this passage with Babel. In Genesis chapter 11, you will remember uh, that they were building the Tower of Babel, and they were trying to make their own name great. And this is that area of Mesopotamia that Abram leaves. God's saying, well, I, no, don't try to make your name great. I will make your name great. I will bless you. And five times, in five ways, he uses the word blessed, Bless, blessing, and this word is initially, it's strongly, we talked about this a little bit last week, connected with creation, God's design, and all the good gifts that God wants his people to enjoy that are found in himself and in knowing him. Your heart's hunger for abundance, fruitfulness, uh, fertility, a fullness of life that goes to overflowing long life, peace, shalom, rest. And all of these are found in the blessing of God himself. But there's a vertical and a horizontal component to it because it's relational. God calls us to find these realities. He called Abraham to find these realities. He designed it in the garden to to know these realities through personal relationship with him. To know God is to experience these, but not just in an individual way, in a corporate way. The vertical aspects of these are to be shared, filled to overflowing, so that we're not only enjoying God personally, but we're celebrating that corporately with our colleges in the countries of the world, in our neighborhoods, and among the nations. The whole Bible could be summed down into two simple categories. The first is a question. What in the world is God gonna do about the sinfulness and disorder and the curse, the fracturing and the fallenness that came from Adam and Eve's rebellion in the garden? That's Genesis one to 11. And then the long answer that God gives is Genesis 12, all the way through Revelation 22. That God chooses a people to himself, to know him, to know his love, but they're elected for a mission. They're commissioned. If you know him, you are sent to be a blessing to the nations. And we see the fullness of this, not just in Christ, but in Revelation 22, when we have a window into eternity, we see Revelation 5 and 7, 21 and 22, that every tribe, every tongue, every nation is around the throne singing of God's great salvation. Abraham's great nation and his great purpose come from knowing and trusting a great God and his promises. The great salvation that he experiences and the great invitation that he knows by being sent by him. The blessing of God is the purpose of God for God's people, the second point we have. That God will bring a blessing Uh, to every tribe, tongue, and nations. The opportunity for us, I know nowadays we're always looking for signs of the end of the times, the end of the world. The invitation is more so when we focus on God to look at the ends of the earth and to discern who does not know the saving power of God. God promises to Abraham, in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. He's elected for a mission. There's a global scope to this call that echoes down the corridors of scripture, most notably in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20, where Jesus says to his disciples, go, go to where you're comfortable, go to where you're secure and you're safe, go to, go to, go to where people are just like you, where you're not going to be stretched, where you're not gonna to have to walk in faith. Go there and just relax and watch another season. Is that what Jesus says to his disciples? No. He says go, go into all nations, baptizing, teaching, discipling, just like I have walked with you, walk with them. And Jesus isn't asking them to do anything that he hasn't done himself. I mean, Jesus spent his ministry going to places and to people that were uncomfortable and unlike him. Think about John chapter four where it said that Jesus had to pass through Samaria, a place where no other Jews went. And he talked to the Samaritan woman. Think about times that he was condemned by, like when he talked to the Canaanite woman, people that were considered enemies of Israel. Think about Jesus saying in John chapter 10 that he has sheep that were not of the fold of Israel or when he turned over tables in the temple. Why? Because he says my house is to be a house of all, uh, prayer for all peoples. And he's the the fulfillment of prophecies like Isaiah chapter 49 verse six where the prophet says it's too small of a thing for my light just to be for my people Israel. But speaking of the Messiah, it says, You shall be a light to all nations. This is the, the trumpet call of all of Jesus' mission, his commission for all people who know him. And this, in Genesis, this, this ec, the echo of, of God's call of, to Abraham that he will bless them, he'll bless all the families of the earth. It's repeated, it actually holds together all the Abrahamic narrative. And as we read through Genesis and then study Jesus and we look at the end of scripture, we see that it's fulfilled. But you and I somehow, we miss it. We miss it. For some reason, I'm way too focused on myself. I was challenged. <laughs> uh, I heard somebody talk about New Year's resolutions and they, they must have said like four times, God's got a great plan for you this year and it was all about me, and I started thinking, I don't, I'm not real sure he does. You know, I don't know what 2024 holds. And then he started talking about New Year's resolutions, and I was convicted, praying through this passage. I was like, man, how many of my New Year's resolutions are for me, and how many are for others to be blessed through me? Just look at your heart. How many of our New Year's resolutions are about us? And how many of them, ways that we want to become better, are about helping other people know the Lord. Uh, There's famous passages all through scripture like uh, Psalm 46, 10. And we just miss God's purpose. You know this verse. The psalmist says, be still and know what? I am God. And we have that on pillows embroidered, on pictures, in our bathroom, we love it. You know what the end of that verse says? We just cut it off. Be still and know that I am God, the end of that verse says, for I will make my name great among the nations. We just miss it. We stop with ourselves. But God's purposes are clear. He wants to bless every nation through his people, his priority for you, his plan for us is to be a vehicle for his mission to all people. That means that every single plan we have in our friendships, in our finances, in our future dreaming, our work, our free time, our school, our shopping, our internet use, everything we do, we center it on the plan of God to reach people for him in our neighborhoods and among the nations. I walk with a lot of people and I hear a whole lot of things that I identify with of why this is inconvenient or impossible. And one thing I hear more than anything is that, hey, my life's too difficult. I need to get things in order. Once I get these things in order, then I'll worry about that, okay? Well, here's what I want to show you in a story of scripture and in a story from life is it your place of devastation your place of frustration, your place of darkness and discouragement. It's the exact place where God wants to make his name great among the nations. You can't disqualify yourself first from scripture. You know Daniel and the story of Daniel in the lion's den? We're all familiar with that. Daniel was a a governor in Babylon, in a foreign land, and he refused to compromise on the basic step of blessing the nations, of knowing God personally and sharing God. It was prayer. And people who were political enemies of him wanted wanted to get him and remove him. So they made it a law that they couldn't pray. And Daniel and his friends continued to pray. And he was, they were thrown into the lion's den for breaking the law. And you might say, how could God use that for anything? And I say, God had a purpose even for that in everything. You're saying, Mitchell, that sounds good, but what are you talking about? Well, look at the way that God used it in the life of Darius. Darius, who was the king, who did this to Daniel, After Daniel was saved from the lion's den, after he went through his difficulty, after he went through the darkness, he had no idea that God was working his great peace and purpose through it. King Darius wrote to all the peoples and nations and languages that dwelled on earth, peace be multiplied to you. I make you a decree that in all my royal dominion, people are to tremble into fear because of the God of Daniel, for he's the living God enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed and his dominion shall never end. You see yourself in a difficulty and darkness and frustration a place of devastation and you see it as an end god sees it as a beginning the very place that he wants his mission his purpose, is to go to the nations if we can trust that his power is made perfect in our weakness it's sufficient his grace is sufficient it's that very place of your frustration that god wants to make his name great his mission to the nations if we can trust his sovereignty you say mitchell that sounds good that's in the bible but it's hard to believe and live i agree but I want to tell you a story about a blind woman. You've heard of her that can help us see. Her name is Fanny Crosby. She wrote a lot of hymns. Uh, You know the hymn, uh, To God be the glory, great things he has done, yeah. I gotta stop singing because Tom uh, Tom wants me to go on, but I gotta stop. (laughs) Or maybe you know the hymn, Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. She wrote thousands of hymns. She was a poet. And here's what's crazy, born in the 1820s, Fanny Crosby was born with sight. She could see when she was born. But at six weeks old, she got an eye infection. And the doctor who tried to help her, because of what has been called historically as medical ignorance, led her to have a life of blindness. She completely lost her sight. She was gifted. She went to teach at the New York School of the Blind. She ended up getting married to what was a former student who became a teacher. They fell in love, they fell in love, they got married. And she writes this in her memoirs. she says, uh, super successful. She says, I have sought each day to be one of God's unselfish souls. From the time when I received the first check for my poems, I made up my mind that I was going to be open-handed, wide open to those who need assistance. She's helped thousands. She helped thousands before she died. She's, she's not still alive. She'd be over 100. Um, literally, hundreds of thousands have been reached because of her hymns, Right? Her blindness, it did not beset her, nor was she bitter. Listen to this. She goes on in her memoir to say this The poor doctor who spoiled my eyes, if I could ever meet him, I said, Listen, this is true. I would tell him that he unwittingly did me the greatest favor in the world. If I could meet him now, I would say thank you, thank you, over and over again. "'Why would I not have the doctor's mistake "'if it was a mistake remedied?' "'She says this. "'Well, there are many reasons. "'One is this, that, uh, that I know. "'Although it may have been a blunder "'on the physician's part, "'it was no mistake of God's. "'I verily believe it was God's intention "'that I should live my days in physical darkness,' So as to be better prepared to sing his praises and invite others to do so. I could not have written thousands of hymns, many of which, if you'll pardon me for repeating it, she says, they were sung all over the world. If I had been hindered by the distractions of seeing all the interesting and beautiful objects that would have been presented to my notice. You see, It's the very place of darkness that God wants to use to bring light. It's the very place of brokenness, of struggle that God wants to use to bring healing and hope. We cannot disqualify ourselves. We must understand that in God's sovereignty, he's given you exactly what you need to have, exactly where you need to be, so that you can believe and through you, people can see that he is God. It's exactly how Jesus blessed the world. You understand? Jesus came down from heaven, entered into poverty and brokenness to live the life we couldn't live and die the death we deserve to die. He entered into darkness to give light. He was betrayed and hated to show love. He died so that all who believe can live. He took our sin so that we can be forgiven. He was in bondage so we could be free. And he gives his spirit to his disciples so that we can embrace and even enter into the difficult places of this world so that his glory can shine, that his purposes can be done. You understand? Jesus has called everyone who knows him as Savior to be sent by him, to know his love, to show his love as ambassadors for him. Those who have been reconciled to him to be ministers of reconciliation so that everybody in your college and in every country, everyone in your neighborhood, in your workplaces and among the nations will know the great God of our salvation. This is the purpose of God for the people of God that the goodness, the character, the love of God would be sent through you for the glory of God. The way I want to end this, I'm going to pray, and as soon as I say amen, stand, and we're going to sing together one of Fanny Crosby's hymns, Blessed Assurance. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for blessing us in the person and work of Jesus Christ, that we could know your love and that you give us a great purpose of showing your love and sharing your blessing to everyone. Lord, would you help us to be a people who center all of our plans on your plan, that all of our purposes would flow from your purposes, and anything you've entrusted us with, whether it's riches or ruin, whether it's delight or devastation, Lord, wherever we find ourselves, we would see it as the exact place you have us, so that your purposes can be worked through us. Help us to trust you and your sovereignty and please use us to bless the nations. We pray in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen.